we must talk. God, God is love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We're not recording, are we? This, yes, we don't put that in there. (laughs) So this is the Kings of Punk podcast, a podcast uh, where we talk about punk and the phenomena that surround it. And the history behind it and how it connects to broader culture and other subcultures. And I am one of your hosts, Tyler Hammer. With me is, to my left... Hello, Jake Razor here. And to my right... Uh, Gary U.S. Bomb. Here, talk into your... Make sure you're talking Gary U.S. Bombs. Hello. Mike, it's, uh, your mic, for some reason, is very quiet. Uh, odd. Well, I'll just keep keep this mic pointed at my mouth the whole I'm all just which which one are you? The second one. You're the second one. Yeah. Good. Check That's check check. Okay, great, and I'll edit that. <clears throat> so, uh, you can find us at kingsofpunk.com, at coppod official on Instagram, and at kingsofpunkpod at on X or Twitter, as some may call it, and. Mm-hmm. As we are going to be doing, moving in the future, talking about, uh, we're going to do a little Reddit Q&A. From the r slash punk subreddit. So. Can I give a quick shout out first? Yeah. I, um, over the weekend, I did an interview with another podcast called Politicore. They had wanted to talk to me for a while. So uh, Dylan and Evan hit me up and I had a great conversation with them. I thought it was really, really fun. I presume that it would be enjoyable for others to listen to. So shout out to those guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, perhaps I'll be back and uh, we'll post a link to it and everything once you can uh, listen to it because that was a good time. Nice. I'm glad it went well. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious what you guys think too, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Oh, you know I'll listen to it. It, it, it was good. So r slash punk, what do we got today? So Quote, did punk really become homogenized? This is from user LuckyStrike85. As punk evolved, there seems to be a perception that it lost purity or became homogenized. Is this true? I don't think this is true. Some bands are just mislabeled and some people just listen to the wrong bands and think they're punk. Quote, unquote. But for the sake of argument, if punk did homogenize, when did it happen? Is there a key moment where it can be seen? Was it the 90s as a whole? Was it the birth of emo in the 80s? What bands contributed to punk becoming kind of safe? Is there a reason why the Jam, the Buzzcocks, the Pointed Six, Teenage Head are punk, but certain pop punk bands are not? Or if it is watered down, quote, when did punk rock become so safe, unquote? What makes punk a genre that can be gatekept? I feel like if you stay underground in clubs or off of big labels, majors or epitaph, fat records, there's not much difference in eras. Okay, a lot of questions from this guy, but a I, lot of I was I think a lot of things being repeated. Too, yeah, I well I was too triggered through most of it to before we I gotta get something off my chest first. So the first question was he said lost its purity or was homogenized. Now, can you Google what the word homogenized means? Okay, let's let's Google. See what that means. Because I'm pretty. Because let's just see. Let's make sure I'm not the fucking idiot here. But I think he's a fucking idiot. Made uniform or similar, 
and of milk, it's subjected to a process in which the fat droplets are emulsified and the cream yeah, does yeah, not separate. Yeah, chemistry. So losing its purity and getting homogenized, those are like opposite things. Yeah. Homogenized would mean that punk as a as an entity be, and I think there this is something that happened to a large extent. Punk as an entity becoming homogenized, meaning the classic thing everybody talks about of like, oh, everybody's got a mohawk, all the bands sound the same. So that did happen. But that's a distinctly different thing than losing its purity or, you know, whatever bands being considered sellouts, any of that crap. So mainstream yeah. acceptance. And Don't like this you. guy's use the language right off the bat. But there's some other interesting questions in there, I suppose. Well, I guess it brings the question, what does this person think like proper punk is in a way, you know? Yeah. Because if he lost its purity, it's like, what do you mean by lose its purity? Like, no, it became right. more pure as it became homogenized, which is, you could say that's a good yeah. thing or a bad thing. It gets Depending filtered, on what you think it, goes, pu- it goes in yeah. different directions. Depending on what you think the pure essence of it is, which, as you're pointing out, they didn't really assert here. You know what I think? Maybe also a, maybe an unpopular opinion, but uh, I think Nirvana had something to do with it. Yeah, probably. Because think about I think when they blew up, Everybody was all like, oh, my God, they, that punk rock is back, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exactly what happened. And then, but it's like they, they kind of aren't, though. They're well, not punk. No, they're, they're not. not I don't think band. they profess to no, be either. They're, they're just a, they're a rock band. Yeah, they came from the punk scene. I would say Bleach is still kind of recognizably oh, punk. I mean, I, I think, I mean, you know, definitely Kurt and, uh, well, actually, all three of them have their, you know, punk credentials. Yeah, but sure. I think by Kurt's own, like, account like he separated he did not consider himself a punk i believe he said that he gave up on punk rock upon hearing the album sandinista by the clash famously that's probably that album's biggest claim to fame is it made kurt cobain give up on punk a punk casualty and that was years and years prior so to go let's take a step back and if i was going to answer this person's question i would say punk by its own virtue of it if you look back in the 70s Punk had already, like, died by, like, 78, 9 or so. You know, because yeah, the then, we have, yeah. then we have a bunch of people who started punk bands. They stopped doing it. They do new wave bands. They do post-punk, no wave, whatever the fuck. Some people move on to other different things. Um, Some people do completely different genres. <clears throat> and then you have the early 80s hardcore scene, the new punk scene in London with the different, all the different things. And those bands do the same thing. Like, how many fucking early 80s hardcore bands end up playing college rock by, like, 85? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, college rock or much worse. Yeah, or may, or much worse. Rock, yeah. Or just rock rock. Yeah, there was almost more common, interestingly. I think that was easily, like I think the college yeah. rock, people who wanted to do college rock mostly did that right out the gate. I mean, there you had like replacements I mean, in Husker Du. Husker yeah. Du, that's you have... The effigies. Uh, it's still pretty early, though. Yeah, R.E.P. Government issue. Yeah, uh, I mean, you have... Um, Government uh, issue is a unique case. Deep, a boom, deep boom guys doing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Junior. Like, I don't know, there, there's, a, there's a there's a decent amount. There. But like, yeah, if I, I, like with punk rock, people... They start when they're when they're teenagers, young adults. A few years later, and eh, let's move on. Let's do something else. I think the same thing could be said with heck the like late '80s scene too. You know, you get like hardcore bands, and maybe they just start metal. Well, that's when they start going stuff. cock. 
I think the what do you mean? What who does cock rock? Oh, any of those like you know, like when those like the those early punk hardcore bands started. Yeah, like the late eighties came around, and yeah, then like, they you like know hit and run when that shit was like blowing up. Um, so I was talking about like the late eighties bands. Oh, the oh, late eighties they... agnostic front or like Chromags, I guess. I mean, that wasn't cock rock, but they certainly went more no. metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the two most interesting questions they have here. Once I I got my semantic thing out of the way, even though it did totally muddle the meaning of their question, the. If I were to talk about homogenization, I think that is an interesting question because you do have a switch in punk from the... If you look at the first era in New York and the UK and also in the Rust Belt, like, those bands were all different. This has been touched on countless times, but, like, Richard Hell and The Clash and The Ramones don't sound anything like each other. I think the homogenization and the adoption of some sort of uniform started, like, right when there were bands that were inspired by the Sex Pistols, basically. Mm, yeah. As soon as you had bands that didn't exist, or maybe they existed, but they they weren't what we know them as, that were in turn getting influence from that wave of bands in England, that's when punk became, like, codified and homogenized to some extent. You, you could probably pinpoint it to the Dead Boys, I'm tempted to say. And um, I don't think that was a entirely bad thing because i love a lot of those bands but that's when it became homogenized in the sense of like this is one identifiable thing and it stayed that way until you get to like what you guys were talking about in the 80s with bands from the hardcore scene branching out which in turn gives rise to nirvana so it's kind of a cyclical thing happening yeah and the grunge bands they start doing something eventually it dies off you know then we get new metal like genres come and go with trends and scenes and groups of people and eventually people get bored of it and they want to do something else but you also only get a genre of music a a scene too in a way with people like kind of copying and being influenced by each other yeah like we wouldn't have minor threat if it wasn't for like bad brains Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad thing but like and I mean we we wouldn't have uh, bad brains if it weren't for a band called death exactly we wouldn't. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, Tim. Yeah, See, you know, you, Tim. Yeah. Though, well, actually, no. You know, it's interesting. Bad Brains actually never listened to a single second of music. They just yeah, they, they only just pick their instruments up they just one pick day their instruments and, up and they're just that's like, what yeah, came we out. Can just it was not my understanding, but they're like, yeah, we can just freaking do this. Whatever, man. Like, yeah, we're pretty sick at this. Yeah, let's just freaking rock. Let's just fucking do this. I mean, it's kind of how it comes. We've off. never been influenced by anything. When you watch videos of them, it kind of comes off that way because they're so confident and they do make it look easy. But no, obviously they were inspired by uh, a lot of people. They got into reggae through the Clash, I believe, which is an interesting twist. But <clears throat> but and, we, and the, the other interesting question this person had that I think we have kind of covered before is the question of like, well, why are the pointed sticks considered punk, but pop punk isn't by some people it's a complicated question but it's like dude it's just a different thing like poppy punk and pop punk aren't the same thing it's, yeah. it's they're not even musically the same what i would put it down to and you i'm not going to get into what's punk and what isn't i think the clear musical difference between like a band like pointed sticks or the exploding hearts and blink 182 will say is that the former category of bands are still are very rooted in like rock and roll and things that predate punk Yep. And pop punk doesn't have that and instead has certain influences from what I would broadly call the hardcore scene. Yeah, or like melodic 
punk melodic hardcore like yeah a great good example of descendants you know what mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't call descendants like a straight up punk rock band because they have that like yeah hardcore kind of energy and tempo yeah you know to a degree but they're not like playing fucking like poison idea or like void no so right. whereas like pointed sticks or a band like that they you know they didn't play fast but they had you know some of the 60s influence that kind of thing another one i feel like uh with pop punk greater chance that you know your co-workers would be and i feel like that alone just you know that doesn't that doesn't mash well all right so another punk <clears throat> point. what do we what what do we want to tell this person um to uh understand the words they're using better and uh that they have a lot of different questions here that we could I could do an hour on like any given one of them uh and they need to narrow down what they're asking about because otherwise their the replies they're going to get are going to be even more annoying than the thing they posted well, okay, let's answer the first question. As it, punk evolved, there seems to be a perception that it lost purity or became or became homogenized. Is this true? I would say no. It's just that the punk scene is no different than any other scene in that underground scene and that, like, <clears throat> it changed and evolved over the years and uh, what a person's perception of punk or you know, in the 70s and the 80s and then early 90s, late 90s is going to be different. Same thing with if you ask someone about metal or goth or emo or electronic music, like techno, it's yeah. all going to be a little bit different. I so. mean, they basically wrote a fucking Rorschach test question that yeah, why th- did doesn't they, have one They answer. just kept ask, asking questions instead of like backing up their thought about it. So yeah. yeah, there's too much to, of that. Yeah, uh, go back to the drawing board. Um, Lucky Strike '85. And, How about um, one question at a time? That's what I'll. I tell would them. <laughs> it, it, seriously. The number one thing I would tell them would be, that's not what the word homogenized means. Like you should start there. Right, and then you can go back and ask your twenty questions in one post. Yeah, you know, there's some interesting stuff in there though. I will give this person this. Good on them for thinking about these questions and not just. Uh, Playing Angry Bird Consuming instead. and playing Angry Bird. Because oh, hey, they're, 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 they're good birds. questions. But... Get wrapped up in that Angry Bird sometime. Well, speaking of some Angry Birds, we're going to be talking about our main subject today, Troy Corps. But we will get back to that after a quick break. Quick message. Hey there folks, Tyler Hammer here to talk to you about one of our sponsors, Shirley Road Records. And I'm here because Shirley Road Records has a couple of new things coming out. Um, Two things in particular. The Good Good Grief record, Blessed by the Devil, as well as the Nuclear Desolation album, Disposed Of. Maybe an EP, I'm not sure. But uh, Good Good Grief hard to say what they are not my typical wheelhouse but kind of more melodic i would say but a little garagey little so it's got that punk edge while nuclear desolation maybe the a little bit of the opposite of that metal we're talking death metal 
We're talking heavy. Maybe a little bit on the maggot stomp kind of level, but throw in a good heavy dose of like metalcore, I guess, but not in a bad way. Not in a like swooped hair, you know, white belt kind of way. In like a 90s, like you don't want to mess with them kind of way. But those two things are coming out soon. They are available for pre-order. You can go to ShirleyRoadRecords.com to pre-order and pick up physical copies. You can go to ShirleyRoadRecords.Bandcamp.com to take a listen. And if you're at ShirleyRoadRecords.com, might I suggest maybe also picking up something like the No Question 7-inch that came out on Give Praise that CJ has a few copies of. Uh, No Question, uh, good hardcore punk, you know, angry pissed off sounding bad from Madison, Wisconsin. Great band. Had him booked him a show here once in Rochester. Uh, unfortunately broken up, but now you can get their record for pretty cheap. $5. Hey, when can you get a $5.7 inch nowadays? Really never. So go to ShirleyRoadRecords.com and hey, you can get even a bonus discount if you use promo code COPPOD10. That's K-O-P-P-O-D-10 to get 10% off of your order. That's Cop Pod 10, Shirley Road Records. Tell them we sent ya. And we are back, and today we are going to be talking about a little city known as Troy, New York. You mm. may ask yourself, who is Troy? <laughs> who is this Troy? Pastor what, Troy. What about the fall of Troy? Remember that band? I do. I, I remember well, Pastor Troy more, though. Let's forget yeah. about Fall of Troy. Yeah. And let's talk about... But who's Pastor Troy? Oh, he was a good rapper. Yeah. Oh, don't know. Don't know him. He, Maybe I should look into Yeah, you should look into his a couple of his hits. He's got some. Yeah, he's got some bangers. No, Troy, New York is a city in New York State that we were actually just in playing with our band Leaking Head. Uh, that was probably the second of two things that inspired this podcast. I For me personally... I think I originally suggested it because I got a new reissue of an album we're going to be talking about by a band called Dying Breed that reissues, I think, A389's native label. I I copped it immediately. I had heard that record a million times at a gym I'm a member of called Wolf Brigade, and I never knew what it was. It was just like that thing they played, and then I saw like something online where it was playing. I was like, oh, that's what that album is. Shit, I'm going to buy that. I like that thing. And, uh... Yes, Troy, home to a regional, I guess you'd call it a subgenre, scene slash subgenre of hardcore called Troycore. Yeah. Some of you may be familiar with, and we did a little exploration on it. Uh, this was kind of, I feel like I've heard of it before, and I think first 7-Inch Club really opened my eyes more to it. That was like the one podcast that talked a lot about it. They recently did a episode where they talked about one of the compilations that we're probably talking about Mm -hmm. the we the people compilation and there's quite a few bands that you probably have heard from there or heard of at the very least so we're going to listen to some of them and dig into some like more deeper stuff uh and we said as we said we were just there uh with leaking head playing our friends wet specimens lp release show yeah and it was a phenomenal gig i had a great great time great show and i had heard um, that it was a great place to play from a few different people. This is the second time we've actually been there, though. We went there a couple of years ago to record with Don Fury of Oh yes, New York hardcore fame. Got a different impression of the city this time around. Tim, what were you going to say? 
Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I thought you raised your hand. Okay. No. Yeah. So, it, Troy, we, New York. Yes. A place that is, I think, for as long as I can remember, I, I went there. I stayed there once with my family as a kid. And we were on our way to Massachusetts for vacation. And when I was there then, and from what I had heard since then, everybody kind of talked about it as a rough town, a place that had been uh, kind of wrecked by deindustrialization and it become a sort of rough and tumble, blue collar kind of place. Uh, 100% of the music we're going to be talking about um, would seem to back up that assumption. I will say when we played there over the weekend, very different impression. We were in a very, what I guess you'd call a gentrified neighborhood, very, you know, nice place where my family would be comfortable on vacation, uh, which it didn't surprise me either because it is a college town. I mean, there's the, a technical college there that's been there since 1824. I think there's a bunch of other schools near there in uh, upstate New York. So it's got a little bit of both, but uh, weird vibes overall. It's like kind of Rust Belt, but there's parts that reminded mm-hmm. me of Brooklyn. There's parts that reminded me of Philly. Uh, very different from here. And it's, I guess, eh, you know, it's three and a half hours away. That's still pretty close, but very different vibes from where we are here in Western New York. There's parts that kind of remind me of like U of R area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that where I we was played at, kind of. Uh, just the other day. And uh, Troy has been, been around for a while. I was looking it up. Uh, some fun facts. Yeah, you, you pointed out uh, that's where technically I think Uncle Sam is yes. from. So you said it, I think you said the city started in 1787. That's when it was founded. They were like the late 1700s. Yeah, we got rid of enough Indians. We're going to make it a city now. I assume it was something along those lines. And during the War of 1812, where uh, we were fighting with the British over territory here that we were both trying to steal i think it was something along those lines this war 1812 is a weak spot for me history wise but i do know at that point troy was a major uh commerce hub and there was a guy he was a local businessman i think he owned a brick factory his name was uh samuel wilson i want to say samuel wilson and he had been appointed by the u.s military to be to inspect the rations i think specifically meat that was going to the soldiers so the soldiers that were stationed around there, they knew him. They started calling him Uncle Sam. Became, oh, I'm getting my rations from Uncle Sam. And that's where at least where that phrase came from. And uh, as mentioned, that one uh, Polytechnics Institute, that's been there forever. Uh, that's very much a technical and engineering school. It became, that city became a big steel town, much like Pittsburgh, another city we were in recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, much like Steel Town, throughout the USA, all the fucking factories left and everybody got really poor. And a lot of people left. They moved to the suburbs, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, place has, and this, again, is consistent with the impressions I got from the music we listened to for this. Uh, I did, in reading about Troy, notice the demographics are very different than Rochester. It is a like, relatively white city, I guess, for whatever that's worth. I think that adds up. Counts for something like culturally, like not everybody left and went to the suburbs like they did in the uh, apartheid state of Rochester where we live. <laughs> I think it was like 60% white, so that's uh, diff- another thing that's different than here. But uh, yeah, a class- classic story, even though it's a little bit out of the, uh, I guess, I don't know. There's People argue about what is geographically the Rust Belt, but certainly that place feels like it in large parts it's but it's nearby it's close enough. it's nearby yeah and also a tragedy of like just the changing of uh capital and industry i, I mean yeah i guess now that i think about it it's like the line gets real blurry because it's like oh i'm not in the rust belt i'm in new england no go figure that's a bunch of closed factories and fucking town ghost towns too a lot of it yeah but uh troy and if you don't know where troy is it is like right next to albany 
So it's like Schenectady, Albany, Troy make up the metro area of Albany, technically. And it is less shitty than Albany. Albany is one of the... Our state capital is maybe the shittiest place I've ever been in my fucking life. And uh, some of the bands we're going to be talking about today, they're not all technically from Troy, I believe. I think most of them are. But like in Rochester, if you were in like... Like, me and Tim aren't from the city of Rochester. It's Jake isn't. I don't, I don't think you no, are you're, either. You're from the city, you're more from from, the city of you Rochester. You are? Yes, okay, te- never mind. Yeah, then. technically, yeah. But, you know, like, there's a lot of people that aren't from the city that move to the city. But it's like, I don't know, if you're 15 minutes away in another suburb, how much different? It's not going to be, I don't know. It's not like how people in Chicago get, like, really butthurt if you're like, I'm from this part of Chicago. And, All right, that's not actually Chicago. Shut up. Shut up, Get over bitch. it. Actually, man, shut the fuck up. That That is like a Chicago thing. No, that was that happened to me once. Like, some, some lady from Chicago was like, uh, oh, my God, everybody I've talked to here isn't from the city. It's like, yeah, I mean, fuck, it's a small town. Like, what the fuck do you expect, you dumbass? Yeah. It's, it's like, like... About Rochester? Yeah. Well, that just means that she's only talking to white people, frankly. Right, and also, so it's like, what do you? What's like, what is she? What is yeah, she surprised about? Go to, I, I go to New York City, please. Go to New York City. Talk to how many people have did not live are not from there. Oh well, no one there is from there, but right. Go go talk to everybody from Iowa, New York City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll be able to tell them by their teeth and by their <laughs> by their breath, the green stink lines, <laughs> all that stuff. But. We can go back to the 80s. Yes, that seems to be when Albany starts. And, and really New York State, I would say mid to late 80s is when New York State outside of New York City. Upstate New York. Yeah, actual upstate. This is Western New York, different story. But really, for, for this discussion, we could probably lump them together. Um, you start to, I, I in the past have tried to find like any and all hardcore bands from the 80s from anywhere in this state. And uh, I would say mid to late 80s is when you start to see things outside of New York City with some notable exceptions, you know, Catatonics from Syracuse, oh, yeah. whatever. But Every, Everywhere except Rochester. Yeah, Rochester reason. had a few <laughs> in the late 80s, but that's, that's again, where, yeah, story. I, I think the notable. late 80s is where like this region, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, Probably, I think to Albany Troy. Albany yes. Troy seems to. They're like, all right, we're in this. We have we're we're kind of doing this, guys. And I would I would put that down to a couple things. I think some of the bands from New York City, like the Chromags and Agnostic Front, Youth of Day, Warzone, had gotten big enough and were determined enough that they were able to tour. And Albany was probably mm-hmm. one of the first places they tried to go. Um. They had brought in a new audience to hardcore kind of with this new tougher style. The straight edge thing also is a big factor in bringing in some new people. Yep. I also think a huge factor is crossover becoming a thing and metalheads having a reason to be interested in the hardcore scene because hmm. all of the hardcore from New York State from this era, era we're talking about is meddled the fuck out like very obviously transparently like half of the people in the band were probably just straight up metalheads. I would be very, feel very safe making that assumption just from listening to it. I uh, would say, and this is, uh, I think, uh, we'll get to what I we th- maybe think Troy Corps is as a genre, 
But I, I think that's a very big thing about Troy Corps especially is very metal, and uh, I, I think you can very much hear it in the drumming. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Huge metal drummers. So it's it it oh it all just feels like all right. We got Donnie we got to play drums. <laughs> Sounds like a fat guy playing double kick. We saw him at Guitar Center or the we local showed, fucking shop. We showed Donnie the Boots Flag record from Agnostic Front. He was and like, he thought it was yeah, pretty I cool. Could do that. And that's that's every hardcore band from New York State, but not New York City in the eighties. Yeah, they were like, yeah, I can do double kick over this the whole time. Well, it is as because uh, we're we're gonna play a song from uh, a comp called yes. uh, Albany Style Hardcore. Yes, Which and is we're four we're, bands. We're, yeah, and, and there's a uh, the one I think the one that I probably listen to the most on here is the there was a band called Wolfpack New York who are from Albany. They're more of a fast like youth. They're actually less metal sounding. Yeah, that's very more so just like fast youth of today stuff. The band we're listening to is called Cranial Abuse. I heard about them through uh, another band we're going to talk about later called Stigmata. This is the vocalist from Stigmata, Bob Riley, his first band that I think was the first hardcore band from Troy, to my understanding. Mm. That's what I've always heard, and what I was able to read seemed to indicate that as well. I guess, Troy people, let us know. We always love to hear from people, uh, yes. even if we don't respond to you sometimes. I always read the emails and stuff like that. Um, but yes, this is a four, uh, seven-inch, four bands on it. It's a little comp. From 87, I believe. It's got right. no outlet, fit for abuse, Wolfpack, NY, and cranial abuse. So we're going to listen to the cranial abuse song right now we're going to talk a little bit more about this fox looks at our minds cruelty is why we strive inside my mind is cage tormented and filled with rage So that was Blinded by Hate by Cranial Abuse. And uh, I think that's like the last track on the comp. And I think it's like the best one. It's definitely the most menacing sounding. The other stuff is way more like youth crew, like take a fucking stand. Yeah. Positive outlook. Like, what's This uh, shit sounds kind of evil, to be honest. The, the, the Wolfpack song is funny because it's like, well, every song I believe has uh, backing vocals like. On I'm, it. Sh- I'm certain they do. Gang yeah. vocals, which is funny. Um, no, the No Outlet song is kind of bad. It's too long. The Wolfpack song, classic straight edge anthem about how you changed. You said we were always going to be friends. You stabbed my back. You sta- you, how you did. Ow. Ow. Oh, 
Ow, 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 ow. Wow, wow, wow. I think cranial abuse kind of uh, gave their best effort on this one. and uh, It's very menacing sounding. I forgot how like dark sounding it is. It really does sound like a Slayer is like a very obvious influence to me, and they're a very evil sounding band. Really just the two things coming in my mind were Slayer and then specifically the lineup of Agnostic Front that existed at this point that did the Liberty and Justice album, yeah. which is some of their one of their best albums uh, with the two guitar players. I think Matt Henderson was the second guitarist they added. And uh, yeah, vocally, I love Bob Riley's vocals. I can hear some of the weird Roger Merritt, 87 Roger Merritt influence, but like it's not... It's a lot more comprehensible. He has that sort of metal thing where he's like kind of talking in a scary voice in addition to screaming. Yeah. It's yeah, this is a good this is a good song, good band. I think uh as I was um I was listening to it earlier today. Um the way I, I was like list, thinking back to the Nashville episode when we were listening to all the bands, like a similar comp, like a four way comp, mm-hmm. seven inch, about how this era of Hardcore is very interesting. This, so this comp came out in 88 on Combined Effort Records, number one. You can get it for pretty cheap on Discog, so um, might have to pick that up. But I was thinking about it. I was like, I recently listened to it. I was like, man, you know what all these bands sound like? And it kind of makes sense that they all do. The New York City Hardcore, the way it is, compilation. Because uh, it's got kind of bad production. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like... Not my favorite tracks from these bands. Like and from like a bunch of good bands. From a bunch of good bands. Like if it has like this this so comp you, has like Bold and Grilled Biscuits, Youth of Dave, Sick of It All. Um, that comp. And we you mentioned a second ago off mic the Where the Wild Things Are comp. I hear that almost even more so because yeah. that, that has maximum penalty on it, which is what a lot of these bands sound like. Uh, I mean. If, that comp has some of my favorite songs by all those bands, though, to be honest. If you're going to – that comp, I think Where the Well Things Are is a better comp for sure. Um, I would say – The way it is has – I would say the Breakdown songs and Youth of Today songs on there are some of their best. I do. That has the Grasshopper's Twat um, <laughs> song from Youth of Today. <laughs> That's like all their songs. You don't know that? You don't know that? There's a part where I, I don't I don't know what the actual lyrics. Thanks to Gray, he ruined it for me. But uh, Sounds uh, like you're saying Grasshopper's, grasshopper's Twat. twat. <laughs> wow wow and uh but yeah where the wild things are is better but like yeah this it would make sense that people probably around this region in other little fucking corners of the world of the america that have not really been touched by hardcore like a nashville would sound like this is because like it's like if you're gonna get a record which one are you gonna get the one that has an lp that has a band that you don't know if it's gonna be good or like, a compilation yeah. of eight bands or ten bands on it. And then you could see which, yeah, wh- whoever the best is. All right, time to get the Youth of Today LP. I love and those fucking tracks. You know yeah. what is funny, too? Because when we listen to that Nashville comp, the, the, the hardcore bands did all play, like, in that style. Yep, yep. But well, that was from it, 1990, so I, I once the thing, again, it's like a thing where it's like, 
they're just a couple of years behind that. Like Albany is right. like very close to New York City because well, those those records from New York City were getting around despite the wishes of uh, Born Against, as expressed in that yeah. interview. These records were getting <laughs> we distribution. Don't want anybody to hear our music? Yeah, yeah. Like this was making its way to places like Troy and probably the suburbs like the of Albany, Philippines, and... the Philippines, uh, Bhutan, uh, you name it, <laughs> Qatar, Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> They got everywhere, to, you know, uh, pe- people in, um, yeah, people in uh, Saudi Arabia got to get that Revelation Records comp and think, wow, whatever this band Youth Defense League is, they're great. Yeah, I love their politics. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. So a couple years goes by and and literally just a couple. And then we have a band called Stigmata. I think they're an early Troy band, I would say. In, they in formed my, in 89. In my mind, I don't know who sold the most record or has the most recognition, but for me, this band, even before I listened to them and Troy Core was just a notion that I had heard of that existed in my mind, I knew this. To me, this was the Troy Core band. And after listening to them a little bit more, I still kind of feel the same way. I feel like this is always going to be like the first band I think of when I think of this shit. And uh, I, I just got really into them recently, and I think it this, this is like style of hardcore i think uh it's coming to me just in time when i was younger this would have been too something or too something else for me to get into it but i dig it now yeah i i, I agree i probably would be if in i have those to be terms, an, yes an aged an aged man now too i i can appreciate this i'm not like now. totally turned off by like a little bit of a black album vibe yeah, like a black album vibe, a little bit of blues metal vibe, a little going bit on. of a Pantera meets Black Album, but he's fucking pissed kind of vibe. Now, let's kind of maybe step back for a second. How would you describe what Troy Core is? So, if you had to, as someone who's relatively new, I remember when I was the two records I was getting into was um, "Hymns to an Unknown God" by Stigmata and. Uh, Take My Soul, Give Me Grave by Dying Breed. I think specifically I got that reissue by Dying Breed, and I was telling uh, Gary why I like it so much and why I like it so much more than other metalcore stuff from elsewhere in the country that we've talked about before. It's because the game they're playing, if you think of it as a game, is still the same game that like Madball, Agnostic Front, Chrome Eggs, Warzone were playing. The basic objectives of the songwriting and the making of the music are the same. They just added like the Pantera expansion pack. Like they, they got the Sepultura chaos AD power up. Yeah. Whereas some of the, when we talked about metal core before, I think kind of what I said about it in probably different terms was that it's a whole different game. Mm-hmm. Like the goals of the music and what it's supposed to do are totally different. This is just like you, you took that classic hardcore sound that I've liked for years and years and years and you added, you gave it some new toys and some new tools, but but you you got the same job, you know. You're just still just putting up drywall. So, do you, do you know do you? Uh, what what were you gonna say? No, what what would you? How would you descri- describe it? Would you be able to, Tim? Um, I mean, based on what um, based on what we have been listening today, it does seem like there's kind of like a uh, it's like a weird um. Like some sort of like it's like like alternative map, yeah. Kinda, you know, like there's there's a lot of interesting influences that like converge and to make an interesting sound. I would, I would, <clears throat> excuse me, I would describe it as 
I mean, you have what well, we just heard some, and even though we just heard one song, there was like I said, there was three other songs in this from three other bands that were playing in the late '80s. Um, very near hardcore influence. So you have like the near mm-hmm. hardcore kind of thing, and just like how near hardcore around the the late '80s and the early '90s, you get a band like Madball, for instance. Um, you have that kind of like groovy. <clears throat> hardcore toss in that Pantera toss in that like later Slayer toss in the Black Album Metallica and just generally Metallica in general but then also the X Factor you pinpointed earlier the X Factor I was going to say throw in some of the those more uh, theatrical vocals like via uh, Typo Negative Alice in Chain Life of Agony yeah you hear that and you're like I think you think about it it's like okay this makes more sense now. And I now, mean, now not every sense. band, not every band does that. No, Dying Breed notably like really doesn't. That record, I think that was a good gateway to this stuff for me because that record, a lot of that stuff isn't on there as much. And I, I would say there's a kind of there's a, uh, a spectrum. A spectrum. Uh, I would say Stigmata fall falls in that like where with more like a Dying Breed where it's like heavier it's got that very metallic edge it's panterified panterified but then and like the lyric i think lyrics are important too and like yeah aesthetics like it's kind of like i don't want to say emotional but it's like pained it's very pained stigmata especially with the vocals It, it is so the lyrical themes seem to mostly go in two places uh one would be like uh, violence, like seemingly gang violence, that is like a thing in this genre. But then the other would be like, yes, like extreme emotional despair conveyed from the perspective of, I, again, all I can think about, especially with the aesthetic they have, is like, I am at my shitty job putting up drywall or whatever, and I'm, I am so unhappy. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. The love of my life is gone. You know, that's, you know, mm-hmm. really has that. Who I think emphasizes that the most is section eight. Yeah, so yeah. We will definitely be talking about. Um but yeah, like but the gay the violent stuff, I feel like that's more there's there's a couple like more we'll say political bands. Uh one of them being Politics of Contraband. Yeah. The other being Wartime Manor. Yeah. Dying Breed has a lot of that like more violent fucked with my friend kind of stuff. They they they're not as like politically I guess no, or no, I, no, I don't no. even, I don't I don't want to say wartime manner and politics are like political in a sense cuz they're not like r- explicitly like siding with the right wing it's just that like we would identify it as such now Yeah it's like Oliver Anthony <laughs> yes, I got it I like exactly. seriously though seriously But he like he is coworker though. politics Well yeah neither are these guys to uh, not in the same way like yeah it's coworker politics the politics right, exactly. of the coworker. Yeah, that's a good way to. <laughs> yeah, this is the right, music the guy, of the coworker. The guy you least want to hear, uh, his enlightened political. The view. guy who's telling yeah. you that the guy uh, when he says, "You know what I think?" You're just like, <sighs> "I did my research." Congress. And I learned that Congress is the opposite of progress. Just look at the words. <laughs> it's simple. Oh man, Mike Mirror in the building right now. Yeah, bust a rhyme for us, Mike. I call it politics. Oh, Pitbull. That's what Pitbull says. Yeah. Pro- co-worker <laughs> yeah, politics, like, Pitbull's politics, probably in about the same category. Pitbull's politics. Uh, Daddy Yankee's politics endorsing John McCain because he's a friend of Hispanics and then uh, saying Wait, Black really? Lives Matter. Yeah. 
I do. See, that's the kind. We're in like a like a very. Uh, it's it's a gray world here. There's yeah. nothing in black and white. Yeah, world was a very different wow. place when that's, McCain was running. That's like that fucking. That's like that fucking that Oliver Anthony motherfucker being like, I hate these fat pieces of shit. Fucking getting all these this goddamn free uh, food stamps, and also, but then he's like, "Diversity is our strength." Bro. And and that is, but that's not weird. That is a no, what I would define no. as a normal guy for that's that a normal exact guy, reason. Actually. Yeah, it's like one. It's like the. It's like there's two kinds of normal guys, and it's like the. It's like one is like that, and then one is like just like a slightly different version of that. Yeah, but totally. They're, they're also yeah, right or left. Don't I don't really like either. Now there's an Oliver Anthony who likes fudge rounds, and there's an Oliver Anthony who does, doesn't approve of fudge yeah. rounds. <laughs> well, it doesn't approve of some people eating them. Yeah, he probably. Enjoys I mean, he them looks like he enjoys them. He doesn't look that fat. Everyone calls him people like, "Hey, you look fucking fat as shit." No, it's like, he's like slightly it's, overweight. It's like normal American. I mean, he he guy. shouldn't throw stones on the fudge rounds because it's like, buddy, you clearly you you've indulged yourself. I, w- I would say he's just barely big enough to have been in a Troy Corps band if he wasn't red hair, <laughs> didn't have red hair. Yeah, and like a if red. If he had beard. a backwards hat, he would be in. Yeah, a if he had a backwards band. hat, he could like, easily be in dude, any of these bands. If if he like weighed like a hundred pounds more and had a red backwards cap, he would fit right in. <laughs> Like an also a, like a like a eight XL white shirt. If you're five foot three, three hundred pounds, dude, um, dude, we got to do that now. Fuck your fudge fudge rounds. Rounds. <laughs> we have to do a Troy Core remix, but uh, we're gonna if listen you to. You don't know, I know that you do. <laughs> Let's listen to a song from Stigmata's uh, hymns for an unknown god. From which year is this again? Ninety five. So Ninety five. They, they have okay. a few. Like I said, they formed in eighty nine. They have a few albums, and I think they're on. They're featured on several things. They have a split with Marauder. Yes, this, this uh, album is my favorite stuff for them. What's, what's interesting when I started playing discography, I thought the early '90s stuff would be more like conventionally hardcore. I actually think this album dials that in a little bit more, and there's less of the early albums. It sounds like they're trying to figure out the balance of like hardcore and metallica and they're not yeah. sure where they want to go with it yet this is the album where they really got the ratio correct um in my opinion what, what's the earlier like what would you say the earlier stuff is the balance uh, is leaning more it towards metallica but with very much hardcore production so like, hardcore production. I, I would say it's and maybe i think i, w- I would also because i listen to the heart grows harder today which yeah, came out in 92 i would say they're also like I wouldn't say it's more Metallica. What I think maybe also makes sense in a, as well is that they, they're not able to like incorporate, like they're not able to homogenize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't, they can't blend it correctly. And you they, hear I'm, that I'm not trying lot. to diss those. I like those records too, but the blend is still a little awkward. It, it, this it album, they really nailed it. They're yeah. like, all right, we're going to do a little, a pinch this here. Take out like, you know, a little bit of that. A there, dash so. of Lars's drumming. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, hopefully no, that's what they, they removed. They strained that right out. <laughs> thankfully. I, so this is. I will say to anyone, and you'll notice it with some of the other songs we will choose. I think a big thing with Troy Core is that the drummer always has to be doing the most. Oh yeah. Like every <laughs> oh, Troy yeah. Core band, the drummer is doing like way more than he needs to be, and I love it. I mean, it's I got to awesome. put that down to that might be a New York hardcore thing. Because think about the Cro-Mags, Mackie, Jason. Ooh, yeah, you know what? That fucking yeah. hip-hop LL Cool J influence. But like, with, like you throw some of that metal drumming in there, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You get so, a recipe for amazement. 
We're going to listen to Save Us by Stigmata off of Hymns for an Unknown God.
All right, so that was Save Us by Stigna- Stigmata. Stigmata Front. Stigmata Front. Stigmata uh, Front. And I think we kind of came to a, another conclusion with the drumming. Uh, good friend Vinnie Paul, mm-hmm. he is not a dog when it comes to his drumming. No. He's got and that dog in him, though. He's got that and dog in him. You definitely hear that here. It's got some of the jump the fuck up New York hardcore thing, but which he Vinnie Paul also did. But it's also got that oppressive double kick. I think this was the song that made me come up with the phrase uh, Pantera power up. Because the song, you, you know, the difference is from a lot of other like smarter, and I, I don't mean that as a comp, value neutral term here, but there's other types of metalcore where they eschew the sort of traditional song structures with choruses and sing along parts. Troy core, you don't hear that as much. Definitely don't hear it here. This song is a big chorus. Yeah, and it's sick. And it's fucking sick. So it's, yeah, it's like fucking Madball with a Pantera plug-in, and yeah. Even that guitar part, that fucking slide thing, that's like straight Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Dime and Vinny. And Big Vin, and and uh, also... Uh, Phil uh, soon, hopefully. Phil soon, and Rex Brown's career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and it, again, going back to like what people were probably listening to would make more it makes way more sense that they were listening to Pantera oh yeah than I don't know some fucking unknown uh, like Ingve you know, Malmsteen something like that I don't know I can hear some the, Hetfield influence in the vocals too that yeah thing yeah which I, come on I like it everyone likes yeah, it everyone loves it I can hear that God smack they got that God smack in them <laughs> it's mm. proto <laughs> proto yes. God smack everyone knows what you mean and you're right <laughs> But we gotta let's let's give a couple more shout outs. Some yeah. more taste. Uh so should we listen to Dying Breed? Yeah. Let, let's do that and then go back to the other side of the spectrum. This okay. is like I said, I think Dying Breed is decidedly more yeah, they're right there with stigmata. In the vein. Yeah. But even more so than them, I think they're very much clearly in the tradition of like eighties like tough yeah. hardcore. I, I agree. And I, I but with I some metal influences we'll hear too. I think if you're going to listen to anything, you probably have maybe already heard this or you'd probably be more interested in this than yeah. maybe some of the other ones. Because, uh, again, it is like that heavier kind of thing. And people love the heavy stuff now. Heavy, but but less metal in a way. And, yeah. and great title. Uh, Take my soul, give me grave. Can't possibly yes. explain. That is the album cover or the album title. And yeah. Uh, I keep thinking about it, and it's like, hmm, like is that? I was like, is that like supposed to mean something? No, here's actually a little question I got. Sure. Do we know if any of these bands were straight edge? That's a good question. I actually don't. I I don't know. I don't. I think kind of. So. I want to lean and say that they probably aren't. I don't think they are. If they were, I'm sure. I would assume some of them had straight edge members. But yeah. The straight edge as a thing was not really a part of this i don't think doesn't seem like it if no. it was they didn't put it in their bands i i don't i don't think bob riley was ever straight edge uh was straight edge in the mid 90s as like profound as it is like even in now or like back in like the late 80s well, I, I could tell you that in the mid 90s profound was right early, early to mid 90s hardline was in full effect like straight edge was i think very very serious at this point and was a pretty big thing but that also probably turned some people off to it because you're not just talking about oh i don't want to get drunk all the time you're talking about like a vegan guy who's talking about jihad and stuff so that probably turned off 
probably maybe some of these guys from that. Well, mm. weren't we also when, like when we were in Troy this past week? It wasn't somebody talking about how like there was like straight edge gangs and shit. Like it shows were, that, that was, was I think in the early two thousand. Yeah, that was later. Oh, okay. okay. That because might have been started by this point, but the late I, I believe in the late nineties there was the youth like the youth crew revival. Yes. So we're like right before mid, that, mid nineties, when that is like about to like. To my understanding, mid '90s, it was like hardline from like Vegan Reich and whatever had caught on, and like the Krishna thing that was connected to Straight Edge, I think, was kind of peaking around this time. Uh, think about that 1996 New York yeah. hardcore documentary where they talked to the Krishna guys. So it was big, but that probably it, it turned people off to it. And even if you weren't like a drinker or a drugger, I could totally understand why these guys would be like, "Yeah, we're not going to rep the Straight Edge. That's like that's some other shit. That's." fucking Hare Krishna's and, and doesn't mean what it yeah. meant in 1985 I guess or yeah six but uh, okay let's listen to the song God's Hate by Dying Breed <laughs> Yeah! 
All right, that was God's Hate by Dying Breed, which uh, this is most likely where the band got their name from. The band God's Hate, hate with yeah. the wrestler. It's got with the be. wrestler. I mean, we were just talking off mic about not only how many like hardcore bands since then have seemingly been inspired by the Troy Core sound, but and and I have a, can't think of a better way to articulate this, but a lot of people got their like swag from this scene. I think, especially in New York State. And oh, I mean, well, because God says from California, and I know, like, Colin Young, who is in that band, I believe, uh, was in a video recently. I think they played some shows with the band Cruelty on the East Coast. He was wearing a wartime manor shirt. There you go. And there he go. also, they did some dying breed, uh, like, tribute merch. Yeah. So and I mean, what else is more Troy core than uh, being a wrestler? Too, I feel like that's that. Oh yeah, out. I mean it has to. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And I mean, uh, have you ever listened to what's the band Colin sang in? I believe uh, the Twitching Tongues. Okay. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. That's the uh, I would say very uh, Troy core Jason at the very least. Well, yeah. This this song is uh, and this album is a great example because it's like. Again, the riff in the chorus is very, very Pantera sounding. There's some oppressive, heavy double bass kick, but it's also got like gang vocals, like the, you know, where it sounds like an ad lib from a rap song. Yeah. Which is in contrast to like what a lot of other like quote unquote metalcore bands were doing, where they were getting, I guess, more progressive sounding or trying to get more experimental. These bands kind of did the opposite. And I think that really appealed to people. Looking at you. Uh, Dillinger Escape Plan. Convert, yeah, both those bands especially. Even Integrity, not so much musically, but aesthetically was kind of doing that. Looking These at, bands did the opposite. Looking at you, Born Again, <laughs> with your progressive <laughs> your progressive ideals. Well, what they were doing in the late 90s, what was uh, Sam McFeeders doing? Um, uh, um, was that Rorschach? He was on that Men's talk Recov- show. Men's Recovery Project. That's oh, is that doing. his thing, that weird yeah. noise thing? I fuck with that thing. That it's, thing's cool. I love it. It's great. It's great. But were, it is like the opposite musically of Troy Core of Dying Breed. <laughs> he, he was so progressive that he was like, nobody's hearing my music <laughs> ever. <laughs> so as I said, there's there's a couple spectrums of, of Troy Core. And what we didn't even mention was the death metal side. Oh, yes. You, I didn't know about this until recently. So it's key. skinless... There's a couple bands. I think there's a couple bands, but I'd say most notably two bands, Skinless and Disciples of Berkowitz. You've probably heard Skinless uh, as they were on, I believe, Relapse Records and some... They've, they're a pretty big band, I would say, in terms of this death metal. Um, but thinking about it now, because I, I remember I was listening to Skinless when I was in high school. And well, uh, the thing I know about Skinless the most is that they were like the, they were like the big like New York death metal. Yeah. Like that was them for a minute. Yeah, it was. They were like the. They took the crown. Yeah, like from. I mean, pretty much from suffocation, straight up, because they well, weren't around. Yeah, they weren't around for a while. Yeah, at the late night at the end of the late nineties. Late nineties, yeah. So, skinless disciples of Berkowitz, but skinless very much. If you listen to like some of their tracks upon hearing some of this Troycore hardcore stuff, you'd be like, "Oh, this kind of makes sense," because they're very groove slam oriented, but not like how one might think of like slam metal right right 
And even we when we saw our friend uh, Colin from Wet Specimens over the weekend, he talked about shows happening in the Troy slash Albany area that were, I think the language he used was uh, like half death metal, half wife beater hardcore. Like that did <laughs> not, maybe not around the time these records came out, but certainly a little bit later in the oh, 2000s, yeah, that, that was a thing that would happen at that point. Oh, absolutely. So let's let's not get to there yet. We would love to listen to a lot of heavy. Let's soften it up a little bit. Still heavy, though, with some Section 8. Get that Section 8 primed up. Section 8, uh, I would say this is the probably the uh, out of the bigger ones. Because there's there is a there is quite a bit of bands. But Crazy how many bands they had. Uh, if you want to listen to more, I recommend great comp called uh, Divided We Fall or United We Stand. Divided. United We Stand, Divided We Fall, which has 16 bands, including Stigmata, Skinless, I think Disciples of Berkowitz, including not Section 8, though. So... But there's 32 tracks. And Dying Breed has Dying Breed is on it too. Uh, so if you want to listen to some, if you want to hear some more of the more obscure bands, I highly recommend that. But we're going to listen to some Section Eight. Uh, I chose the song "Shame of Cain." Uh, this this album is, as we mentioned, like there's some influences from like the alt metal kind of alt rock oh, scene yeah. in a way. Uh, like Alice in Chains, Life of Agony, and stuff like that. And you can very much hear it in the vocals on this. In fact, I think this song starts, the vocals kick in pretty early, so you'll be like, ooh. So it's either going to be like right up your alley or you're probably going to hate it. Also, but, uh, I forgot to mention this. kind of reminds me of a Vision of Disorder a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. Same type oh, of band. Even, same type of band. Yeah. Same, yeah. That would be, I, that I would like be sort of the triumvirate of... Uh, Alice in Chains hardcore would be like yes. this band Life of Agony and Vision of Disorder, I guess. Yeah. A lot of some people don't 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 dig VOD after the uh, first album or even on the first album. I mean, but, you know what though? I think I could honestly understand that. I can just with, like the vocal sure. approach. But I don't know. Like it's this is the only kind of way I like it is the the riffs are good enough where it's like it kind of makes sense. It's weird. But I like it's, it. It's like getting in a, in a swimming pool. You got to get acclimated. You got to achieve mm-hmm. Uh, homeo like alt metal homeostasis and get comfortable with uh with this vocal style, but I'm I'm with it. And we're here to help you, and we're gonna listen to "Shame of Cain" by Section Eight. And which album? Which year? This is off of Nine Ways to Show You I Love. Uh, oh yeah, great cool. CD the cover. Guy, on yeah, that one. go oh, check that okay out. Flower. Yeah. <laughs>
That was Shame of Cain by Section 8 off of Nine Ways to Show I Love You. So I'm putting myself in the perspective of someone who hadn't ever heard the band Life of Agony. And if you are in that position, as I once was, hearing this sort of thing will be tremendously jarring for you. I was so confused when I first heard shit like this because... As someone who was born in 1992, got into punk and hardcore, you know, early 2000s, or 405, uh, I I did not think that uh, these vibes at any point in history had intersected in this way. But they did. Prime example is this song. Less, This is less polished than Life of Agony, though. Yes. They're, the guy is not singing as conventionally well. But I do. I liked this record. I enjoyed it today. I'll give him an I A for too. effort. 
I saw someone on on um, YouTube. It was like a sludge metal channel had also posted Section Eight. I would not categorize them as sludge metal, but I could see there being strong overlapping fans. This reminds me of some of the doom metal kind of stuff that people came around later. Well, there's I don't know. There's like this shit that I feel like it's kind of a recent development where I feel like. Uh, people nowadays, they straight up will hear like a slow song that has like electric guitar and they're just like, oh, this is sludge. Right. It's like, uh, no. Yeah. No. That, that is annoying. Like I've uh, seen people call like butthole surfers flipper trying to be like flippers, a sludge metal band. It's no, like, please no, no, stop. No. This is they're not, slow. this they're, is, this is not know, that different than I like. I could almost see overlap between people who like this and people who like, like my dying bride or whatever too, I, though. Well, I would say two, two bands, the sludge metal category that, uh, I would maybe compare this to, uh, or maybe inspired this band crowbar. Yeah. Okay. Acid bath. See, yeah, honestly, I, I think I agree with Jake more about the the my dying bride thing. I I feel like I hear more of that. A little bit of that too. I mean, that probably went the other direction though. Maybe those guys were inspired by not necessarily this band, but like Crowbar. Wouldn't Crowbar, crowbar have been like contemporaries of this band anyway? Yeah. So but yes, like they yeah. had they had but like contemporaries in a sense, and like they exist at the same time. But right. Crowbar had been a band since like the very early nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this album, Nine Songs to Say I Love You, is. Uh, ninety seven. So, there are a few the few albums behind mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, because this was their second, second one. Okay, yeah. And well, I, Crowbar they probably had at least well, what three or four. They're on their third point. or fourth at this point. Yeah. I'd I'd say. And I, again, it's it's not like nowadays where you can like. <clears throat> I think this is still an era where. Even though they're influenced by it, they're not like ripping it off. Right. Yeah. It's totally different. And yeah. uh, versus now, where it's someone's like, yes, we're influenced by mm, Scowl. Uh, it means that, like, oh, you're going to just sound like that band. Cool. You're going to have that taco ish riff going on. Which apparently a band covered Scowl at the show we played. They did. Um, I talked about that on Politicore, too, a little that's bit. That's so weird. Well, it is weird. I don't know if I'm ever, I'm going to, I was going to call in to Demolis and ask him like, cause on an episode they were, we talked about a uh, Patreon episode where they talked about bands sampling like contemporary movies. Cause they were listening to a Slapshot album. One of the, I think blast furnace from one of the ones that is a eh, little around this, around this time, I believe too. That one's not good. Unconsciousness um, is good. And so they were using some samples from like uh, a recent blue, album. It was Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Which and they, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's not super far away, but it's kind of weird. It's like, oh, it, it is weird. Uh, now we think of like, if we're going to use a sample, yeah, I got to use the 90s or the 80s or 70s or something like yeah. that. You don't think 2020s uh, or like 2010s. But like, I was thinking about like bands that did co- that do cover songs. And I was listening to the Swiss band, Swish, Swiss band, Fear of God. Grindcore band, and they covered "Break the Chains" by Infest, and that came out in '88. They, the singer Eric put it out on his label uh, in '88, and they covered it in '88. Like so it so much. They and they probably had heard the demo. They must have heard the demo from '87, um, which I believe it is on too, or like the seven inch. Um, and they must, yeah. It's just very weird to like a song. Like imagine like us hearing like an electric chair song so much we're like let's cover it 
Yeah, I wouldn't. That'd be weird. I wouldn't do that. I would. I want to go <laughs> at least ten years back. I think. Well, if okay, here's a question: If you guys had to cover a contemporary song, what would you do? Kulo. Uh, what I like by the Curlies. How contemporary is contemporary? Because Kulo, even that's right, like technically well, that's over they, 10. they have yeah. to. Ex- I mean, a band that is existing is the same time as you are. All right, that's yeah. why I would say it's contemporary. because like. Kulo is like Kulo's modern. I think that's maybe what maybe, you're yeah, misconstruing. Modern, modern, I have lots of picks. Contemporary, yeah. All I can think of is the Curlies. The Curlies, yes, that's a good. Yeah. That is a good one. Because yeah. uh, we were we were talking about some goofy covers recently, but uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who I would do want to do, and I don't know. It's tough because like it would probably have to be a rap song. <laughs> Yeah, it'd have to be a little Nas X song. Little Nas X song. Yeah, it would have to be an Ice Spice song <laughs> featuring Pink Panther. It'd have to be a Tom McDonald song or something. <laughs> I mean, Metallica's contemporary, so like we could do yeah, we, like seventy two seasons. Yeah, or... <laughs> that would be really fun. Like, like we hey guys, they would be like, hey guys, we're recovering. You guys like Metallica? Everyone's like, "Woo!" Yeah, yeah. Like, and then their heads are all like, "Oh, we know what they're gonna. Oh, they must do kill them all. They're gonna do kill them all. Maybe ride the lightning." Yeah, do and it's like, black. "Nope, we're doing. Uh, we're doing yeah, like we're uh, doing two by four off low. <laughs> yeah, we're doing ain't my bitch <laughs> or fuel. Out of my way, out of my, my day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my that would style. really throw people for a fucking. Or even, but what if you did "I Am the Table" by Lou Reed? <laughs> yeah. Now that now that would be cool to do. All right, we're bringing out the table. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> that's like just like uh, uh, her tits were out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like what? It's like what is happening? <laughs> oh man, I w- it, it would be very funny to do. Um, is it death? Not death man. It was the one that's the. One before death meeting, I think. Oh, sane, sane. It would be anger. very funny where we're just like, all right, you have to like Metallica, and they just hear us tuning you down, go, like, flush it out. They're like, no, <laughs> like, no, no, don't flush this? it out. They just hear, guitar tone ever. Yeah, they they see you turning the snares off your snare. They're like, no. They actually just see me grab a garbage can from the alleyway and I empty it, and I just start going. Bonk, 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 bonk. <laughs> All right, let's... You flush uh, it out. You flush it you out. You flush it out. <laughs> God damn. To flush out uh, some more uh, music. Yeah. Uh, or maybe our listeners' ears. Yeah, I like only want to listen to St. Anger now. but I can uh, We're going to listen to some heavy shit. We're going to listen to Heavier. some Disciples of Berkowitz. Okay, I haven't heard this before, actually. So like I said, this is more in the vein of like a skin list than a death metal. A section eight, we'll say. So let's listen to the song I Hate. If if anything, I'm just trying to throw shit at the people because that's the way I see them. You know, I don't really like people that much. I'm not very social. I'm not, you know, particularly up there to entertain them. I'm I'm kind of there to to make them my target. As far as I'm concerned, they're my enemy.
Okay, that was I Hate by Disciples of Berkowitz. Uh, great Gigi Allen sample in the beginning there. Yes. As Tim pointed out. Great way to frame the song. And uh, we were mentioning, you mentioned uh, while we were listening to this, Jake, how you know, now we have a big trend of hardcore people playing death metal. But it At least we did. I don't know if that's even still. It's very much a thing okay. still. I, I don't know if there's any really new new bands doing it, but like those bands are still going. And um, you mentioned it really doesn't sound like this. Well, yeah, because no. this musically to me just sounds like hardcore from this era. Like it's got that fucking da 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 that like groove that you could rap over. Da, da, da. But then the vocals are the vocals are very much like extremely like textbook death metal vocals if I've ever heard yeah. them. But You're not mistaking them for anything other than no, that. no. At the same time, the music like I've heard other bands before, like you mentioned, irate Tim, who uh, where the music is to my ears more death metally sounding, but they're considered hardcore bands because the vocals aren't like this. It's irate has like a lot of that melodic death metal influence. Right, too, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is weird, but they they're all over the place. Like the destroy core bands, uh, like, you know, a lot of different influences. I mean, like yeah, the really the only thing that would consider them death metally in a way, and maybe it's just this song too. I haven't listened to their whole discography, but um, the song is very mid paced and That's it's true, grooving yeah. and slamming. Uh, the tone of the guitars is very death metally, and again yeah. the the signature death metal growl. Uh, the growl is really with the well because even that tone yeah that was like a death metal tone at this point but now like hard, god knows how many hardcore bands have used that same tone since then but oh yeah this fucking cool very groovy very jump the fuck up yeah that's uh I, I would say this is like been a i think you the listener have a good representation of like what troy core has to offer i mean there's there's a couple bands we haven't gone over um yeah who, who else is worth well, there's, like there's one, one king, king down i think we covered them in the metalcore episode though you might have covered them like and, oh and, they were actually i feel like they might have been one of the bigger they were they're definitely bigger than stigmata i think they were yeah. big enough to uh, again i think we covered them because that, that would consider them a pretty important just metalcore band generally mm-hmm. when we were learning about metalcore uh, like I said, there's Wartime Manor, Policies of Contraband that we didn't talk about Skinless, but uh, if you like Disciples of Berkowitz, and for some reason you've never listened to Skinless, uh, highly recommend Skinless. Very good. I what mean, are we going to say? I'd like to throw a shout out to Wartime Manor for the ridiculous uh, yes. like drumming um, clinics that the drummer put on. <laughs> did, on yeah. their, uh, did he do that? The two by four, the split record with the band two by four, uh, named after the Metallica song. Yep. Um, yeah, the drumming on that is, uh, it, that's just, like, it sounds completely insane. That's a signature, that. like, yeah. Troycore thing, where it's like, again, the drummer is doing He's, everything. like, going, like, a thousand miles per hour. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna do a drum solo the entire damn fucking time. Kind of, it must be some Keith Moon influence. I mean, that's the only explanation <laughs> I can think of. If Keith Moon, if he traded his horse tranks for, uh... Whatever Vinnie Paul was smoking yeah, like on. a year's supply of Adderall. <laughs> No, uh, uh, how do we how do we think after after kind of getting into this? What do we think of Troycore? Uh, what what are we hoping maybe for in the future? I would just say like there are count. I mean, we mentioned the band Gods Hate. Uh, there are so many contemporary bands that I think are more. I think the contemporary bands that ended up being really popular. Like Gods Hate is pretty fucking popular. The band Speed from Australia, even a band like Trapped Under Ice, like the hardcore, capital H, hardcore bands of the tough variety that have been really popular in my lifetime. I think 
to my ears, sound very much inspired by this scene in this style of hardcore. More so than... They bear more of a resemblance to this in terms of aesthetics and sound than they do to, like, Botch or Converge or, like, other metalcore Mm -hmm. bands at the time. Oh, So I think this set the groundwork for shit that's been really prominent in our lifetime. Well, that's what we were talking about with uh, One King Down, like how it was, like, them and Earth Crisis who fell into, like, you know, like the Pantera style, like, Mm-hmm. Kind of metally, but not like working class metalcore. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That th- I think there's definitely some class distinctions to be found in the metalcore world, right? Because like you know, Converge, Botch. That's like definitely more like the art school. Like probably wears a scarf in their spare time, kind of. But I mean, I don't know. That's it's interesting because like people that would like these bands probably fucking love Converge. Oh, and, there's definitely a lot of like, overlap. That's that's like that. true. I mean, that's true. It's it's in, metalcore is very interesting. Like this era is very interesting. Uh, I'm I'm glad we're st- like kind of looking into more '90s stuff, even though this isn't punk whatsoever. But uh, it kind of is in a way. You well, know, it's I'd, a different. I'd say style it counts. Yeah, and I mean Bob Riley from uh, Stigmata. He sort of came full circle to his punk roots after this. His next band, Murderers Row, is like still hardcore but very oi influenced. Uh, so certainly the OGs of this scene had their roots in punk rock music. Like that's, that's a fact. I mean, I met that dude before and it was at a Cox bar show. Wasn't that really hate breed or whatever? Yeah. That's cool. Shit. Shout. Yeah. So listen to some stigma, listen to some funkin funkin section eight. Yeah. Some fucking hard shit. Make some cool metal core. That is, uh, this is for the moshes and the dancers. And, like, also the people that have, like, something, you know, kind of... People who want to take a fucking stand. Yeah. And all my homies at the methadone clinics. Anything else, fellas, before we sign off? Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode. This is a relatively new topic for us. Let us know if we got anything wrong, anything we missed. Uh, we always love getting feedback. Again, we try to respond as best as we can. Feel free to annoy us if you really want us to respond to you, and we're not. We're just busy. We'll do our best. Uh, Kingsofpunk.com, Cop Pod Official on Instagram, Kings of Punk Pod on Twitter. And again, keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled for that uh, Politicor interview that I did. Uh, and let us know what you think of that, too. This fucking piece of shit I know fucks me up the other day. Says, yo, I need somebody to talk to. I think I'm going to kill myself. And I'm like, who the fuck am I? Your shrink? Where am I supposed to feel some kind of pity for you? Maybe suicide is a good idea, you fucking scumbag. That I thought for a second, well, wait a minute. This guy would actually be weak enough to end his pathetic existence. Maybe I can make something out of this. He's only 21, probably has no will written up. So I said, relax, sit tight. I'll be right over, buddy. Boy, I need help, and I need a guard. One foot in the grave, he's not going far. Don't tired of life, we're tired of him. We're gladly taking decisions if he did his own Just scared of anything, you serve no pride, no honor, you're fucking